No, the other thing on our wish list is to do a westbound transatlantic <laughs> because we've done the eastbound and I want those hours back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And this evening, we are excited to be talking to a couple of folks that we found through the collaboration episode that we did with Chad Pennycuff from My DVC Points and his podcast. So I want to welcome Mike and Connie to our show. Welcome, Mike and Connie. Hello. Thanks for uh, coming and agreeing to be on the show, you guys. We're really excited to talk to you. Well, we're excited to talk about Disney cruising. Awesome. <laughs> our favorite topic. <laughs> well, uh, you, before we dive into our show and sort of the, t- the topic that we want to discuss, we always like to start with folks' Disney cruise, well, actually Disney background generally, including Disney Cruise Line. So you guys want to walk through sort of your experience with Disney, you know, the parks, the cruise line, that sort of stuff? Well, my, my first Disney trip was in 58 or 59 when I went to Disneyland. I have absolutely no memory of it, but I've seen pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the 70s, I was in Orlando for a conference and went to the Magic Kingdom for a few hours. But our first family trip was in 95. Nice. Nice. And, and you went to Disney World in 95? Is that right? Disney World in 95. And then we decided in 96, you know, if we get annual passes, we could go twice for one pass price. And then Connie decided, you know, if we drive instead of fly, we could go over Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Once you have those annual passes, it becomes uh, pretty tempting to go as much as you possibly can. So, yeah, absolutely. So now I generally look for the cheapest airfare I can find. And being DVC, we always have a place to stay. So and and where do you guys own DVC again? Uh, Oakey West. Animal Kingdom, Bay Lake, Grand Floridian, and Alani. You're living the dream. I tell you what, those are some great resorts. What, what is it? What does Chad call it? Uh, something itis. Add on itis. Add on itis. Add on itis. Yes. <laughs> you guys clearly have add on itis. So we have what is that? Five different resorts. Five different resorts. And two of them were actually purchased on the cruise. I'm always curious. When did you buy into DVC? 97. Ah, yes. Right. Smart money. Yeah. <laughs> At $54 a point. Oh, God. Yeah. So jealous. <laughs> What's your favorite of, of those five that you own at, or, or do you have a favorite? For me, it's Grand Floridian. It, it kind of depends upon the trip. Because with the grandkids, a lot of times it's Animal Kingdom. But if we're doing an awful lot at Magic Kingdom, then we're at Bay Lake or at Grand Floridian. Yeah. And you can't beat Alani. It's just wonderful. Well, now you've got the uh, the walkway going from Grand Floridian to the Magic Kingdom that opened up this yes, week. Yes, they so. were building it when we were there uh, in October. Connie, what was, what was your first Disney experience? Uh, when the family went in 95. And so at the time we had four kids with us and we stayed at Fort Wilderness in one of the log cabin type trailer things, which was, yeah, it was really nice. We did that a couple of times. Then we decided when we were going so often that it just made sense to buy into DBC. And the real reason that pushed us over was because this new cruise line was coming (laughs) and we were going to be able to use our points for the cruise. So you were planning ahead. <laughs> at, at that time, using points for a cruise made a lot more sense. And even going going over everything after the cruise and two trips to Disney World, it was going to pay for our vacation club. 
Wow. That's amazing. So just for our listeners, Mike's point about that is currently, as far as bang for your buck, it does not generally make sense if you're a DVC member to use your points for a cruise. The one exception I would th- think is if, if you're going to lose those cru- those points um, because they're going to expire and you know that's your sort of only opportunity to use them, then it's obviously a good idea. But as far as um, you know, point value for money, it's actually better to use your points or rent your points to somebody else and and pay for that cruise with cash. Absolutely. And so what's uh, we're going to talk about some of your specific cruise experience. So I you know don't want to get too deeply into this, but um, how many Disney cruises have you been on? 22. I've been on 21. Uh-huh. Oh, well, Connie, you were the expert then. Nicely done, Connie. <laughs> I, took, I took his mother for a Mother's Day cruise. Oh, nice. Well, we wanted to talk tonight with you guys about what I'm going to call some Disney first. And we've had some other shows around Disney first, but but these are a little unique in that they're Disney Cruise Line firsts. And I, I saw from the note that you sent me ahead of time that you had kind of a couple of Disney Cruise Line firsts. So the, the ones that stood out to me in your note that you sent is that you were on, I think you said was the 12th voyage of the, was it the Magic? Of the Magic, yes. The 12th voyage of the yeah, Magic. We, we, yeah. were, we were bumped. Yes. Bumped from where? From earlier? For, well, from it the magic. Finished. It wasn't ready. Oh. Uh, back then, cruise lines were being a little bit ambitious about when they were going to start sailing. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah, let's well, let's start there, and then we'll get into some of your others. So yeah, tell tell us about that. So you booked a cruise on the magic, and then you got bumped onto to what? <laughs> Well, it wasn't ready, and so then uh, we had rebooked, and then the only time that worked, because then it was going to be in December, was when the kids were going to be out of school for the holidays. So we ended up on the 12th voyage. Oh, so you were supposed to be on the maiden voyage of the magic, is what you're saying, and you got bumped out to December, or did the cruise just get moved? Yeah, yeah, well, well, we had to rebook. Uh, Yeah, because so they were supposed to be on the maiden voyage, but the maiden voyage is what they got. The entire release got bumped. And this is remember, people, this is uh, and I'm saying this to our listeners. This is when the the first Disney Cruise Line ship is the was the magic. And so this is the maiden voyage, the maiden sailing of Disney Cruise Line, period. First ship. So you were on the 12th cruise in 1998. Yes. Well, uh, and so have you been, had you been on cruises before? This was our first cruise. Oh, wow. wow. You started at the top. <laughs> you probably can never go. Have you ever, got, have you guys ever been on another cruise line since? Yes, we have. Yeah. Disney is the best. <laughs> uh, we've been on Norwegian, Princess, Hal, Carnival, and oh, Royal, Caribbean. Royal Caribbean. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So you've gone for, you've tried most of the major competitors, but I'm guessing that you haven't been on 22 cruises of each of the other competitors. We have done one each of the competitors. (laughs) And then run back into the loving embrace of the mouse. Yes. Well, talk, talk to us about your first cruise then on the, uh, on the, on the magic. What, what was that like? You know, when you got on board, what would you think and, and how was the experience? It was short. It was only a three night cruise and not knowing if we were going to like cruising or not, that was great. But then when it was over, we were like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember the last night after the kids went to bed and Connie and I are out walking around up on the deck and just not wanting to go to sleep because we didn't want to end. Aww. What, what was it like, the, the ship like then? And have you, you know, one thing I'm curious about is I'm assuming you've sailed on the Magic since. How has it changed over time since since you cruised that first time to today? 
Oh, lots of ways. But first cruise, they were still getting people used to serving, and it was definitely not up to the Disney service. They were bringing in people from the parks to train their servers in the Disney way. So in comparison from then to now, it's so much improved. Now it's impeccable compared to things we see on other lines. That first one, they didn't have like the numbers when you're boarding in the terminal. So it was like a mad rush. <laughs> oh, so everyone's trying, they didn't have boarding groups. So everyone's trying to get on the ship like right when they open. Exactly. Yes. Oh, wow. So a little bit crazy there. They learned a lot and implemented things that have just made it so much better. That makes sense. That's interesting that you say that the the service wasn't as good. I mean, I guess it makes sense from the standpoint of, you know, they're getting servers that are, you know, from other cruise lines. But it's interesting that you say that they were not as good as the parks, because I feel like now the service on the cruise ship, particularly in, you know, if you compare sort of restaurant service to dining room service on the on the ships, the cruise line beats all the park service, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, they actually brought people in from International Showcase to work with it because that's the level of service that people were expecting and we weren't getting. And another thing they did at that point, there was only one head server per restaurant. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And so now they've changed it, I think, to three just so they could, could give more service. But cru- cruising in general was a lot different back then. Our first muster, you had to wear your life preserver yeah. to the muster. And, and at the end of the cruise, you would get your bill. And go down and write a check <laughs> to pay off your balance. Yep. I remember the days of mustard drills wearing the vests. And I also remember my dad going down to the, the took some cruise with my parents at one point. I remember him having to go down with like traveler's checks to pay the bill. What kind of room did you guys stay in on that first trip on the Magic? It was a family suite. Uh, there were five of us on that trip. So we had the pull down bed. So it worked out well. When you guys have traveled since, what's your, I guess it probably depends whether you're traveling with like kids and grandkids versus just the two of you. What are your preferred room types for, for your cruises now? Veranda. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. We'd like to sit out there in the morning and in the evening. We'd like to go up and get their breakfast from Cabanas and bring it down and eat on our veranda by ourselves. We've had the ocean view as well, and it's really pretty. We've even stayed in some insides when the Dream first came out, and they had the thing that only had in the inside rooms were the... Yeah, the virtual court. Yes, our, our granddaughter wanted to stay in that, so... That's funny you say that. I actually keep telling Brian that I want to stay in a magic porthole room too someday. <laughs> we have not booked a cruise with a magic porthole yet. It was very fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I think that would be fun. Cool. What about the um, entertainment from that first cruise as compared to what you experience now? You know, were there any sort of major differences? Were they having those, the Broadway style shows that we've, you know, that those of us who cruise on Disney are, are accustomed to? in addition to the sort of variety acts that you might get on other cruise line, like a juggler magician. Uh, They were doing the same type of thing as far as the performers, but they had my favorite musical that they've ever done, which was Hercules the Musical. And I would love to see them bring that back. It was so funny. Well, this was a real comedy along the style, if you ever saw Aladdin at Disneyland, it, it was along that style where they would have a lot of things that were uh, contemporary type jokes that were coming out of it. So the premise was that there were the five muses. Whenever they were casting these people, it got confused. And one of the people was cast as a moose. 
instead of a muse. And so since they were having to pay him anyway, they were going to use him in the show. (laughs) I love that. That's hilarious. Well, your first cruise obviously got you a little bit hooked with Disney Cruise Line. So what, you know, looking back, what was it about that first cruise? Because I mean, it sounds like there was still some, uh, you know, still some kinks to work out for Disney. But as you left the ship and you thought, I got to get back on here. What was it? What was it about that, uh, that experience that had you coming back? Well, you know, we actually didn't go back for a couple of years. I think it's just because the kids were busy and we were doing stuff. And um, then uh, The Wonder came out and we wanted to do the other ship. One of the things was the kids club was a lot different then. It was real structured. And we told our kids they had to go to the first night because they weren't really excited about going to this kids program. And then after that, they could decide. And then after the first night, we had to tell them that we wanted to have dinner with them. (laughs) (laughs) So we want to see you at least once a day and know that you're still on the ship because they got so involved with all the activities. Oh, yeah. That's one of the most amazing things, I think, for families traveling. Obviously, that's the the thing that DCL really has that's a cut above for the kids, not just the characters that you can go take pictures with, but those kids clubs are amazing. Now, back then, you you couldn't go in. The parents, after that first night, you could go in and look around. And then after that, the parents were, there were no open house times. And it was a little bit structured with different age groups together. Gotcha. Okay. So a little bit maybe more similar to some of the other cruise lines with the way they group the ages. That's interesting. And I say one thing that we kind of missed from that first probably couple is you could do a navigation bridge tour. You can't do any of that kind of stuff anymore. But it was, I'd say they were just a little more open and and wanting to show off their ship. They were proud of it, you know? Yeah, of course, it's before 9-11. So a lot of things were different or you could, you even had a window where you could see into the bridge all the time. Now, interesting on the, um, on the rotational dining restaurants, do you remember which, what they were back then? Because I know they were, there was at least one of them was different. Parrot K. Parrot Key. Parrot, yeah. Uh, yeah. How was that one? Uh, probably our least favorite. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Enchanted Garden on the other ships, but I forget what it is on. Oh, it's Tiana's now on the Magic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So how is the dining room entertainment or, or was there dining room entertainment? I, I know Animator's Palette, I think, was different back then. It was. And, and they made a bigger deal, uh, you know, of the waiters changing their outfits from the black and white coming back out with the, the colored vests and things and ties. So I want to move to our next topic, which is you guys have been on not one, but two maiden voyages of some of the other ships and actually of both dream class ships. So first the dream and then the fantasy. And I'd love to hear about those and what kinds of special things they do for the maiden voyages, because I think this will give us a little bit of a preview, too, to when The Wish eventually comes out in 2022. So what what we think we might expect based on, you know, past history and, and the most recent history being the the dream and the fantasy. What were those like? I'll, I'll say they made a lot. They learned a lot from the dream to make it a much better experience on the fantasy. Oh, so tell us about that. Well, the, the first thing is when they had a toast during the sail away party, which we didn't even go to on the dream, they handed out some champagne flutes and people just started grabbing these things up. <laughs> so as a result, we didn't get any. By oh. the caseload, we heard people talking about, I got two cases and I'm going to follow them to their room and say, give me two, but I wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then when the shops opened, people just went in and grabbed stacks of shirts and bought them all. So we go after dinner the first night, all the shirts are gone. People were taking things like the, believe it or not, the cabanas, plates, things like that. And they were showing up on eBay a few hours later before we'd even left the port. So they learned from that and the fantasy, um, all of our gifts were in our room. You were able to pre-purchase your shirts and they were waiting for you in your room if you'd pre-purchased them. They learned a lot about crowd control. I don't think they realized how bad people were going to act. I wonder if they've ever thought about putting limits on, you know, the number of, I I mean, I know this is kind of hard for Disney because of course they want to maximize their merchandise sales, right? But at the same time, you don't want to piss off like the folks who come to on cruise number two and are left with nothing to buy unless they've planned for the restocking very well. So it's interesting. I wonder if they have ever thought about limiting, you know, you could buy, you know, one per person or, or something to that. Yeah, they have zero incentive I to know, do that. <laughs> well, except you might get some very angry, you know, you might get some very angry customers on, I guess, if they're, if they plan ahead of time, they will stock, they'll stock up the, before number the, two. The number of times I have gone into the gift shop wanting to buy something and they don't have it stocked on board. And then they tell you what, what I love is my favorite line is, oh, you can call after you get off the cruise. And then you do. And they say, we can't sell you anything off of the cruise ship. It wasn't in stock too bad, despite the fact that you just spent thousands of dollars on a vacation and didn't yeah. get the souvenir you wanted, they don't care as long as the merchandise is selling. They just yeah, that, don't care. Yeah, that actually happened to Brian one time. There was a shirt that he had wanted. Oh, there and... happened to be multiple times because there was a ship model that I wanted. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, anyway, what what else? Both cruises, we got a keel coin. I think both we got Prince, didn't we? We got Ducky Williams Prince. As a matter of fact, Ducky Williams was on both cruises. Oh, wow. And signed them. So we had the opportunity to go by and have them autographed. And he did presentations about his career, if you know who Ducky Williams is. Cool. And he would do that and draw some things and then give away some of the drawings. Yeah, and Stacia did that as well on the yes. fantasy. Having a, a historian, Disney historian, who also was an artist on there was wonderful. So they had um, a lot of special guests like John Lasseter. On the fantasy, our Castaway Club meeting was a two-hour presentation from John Lasseter about his career, all the way from showing his college Academy Award-winning cartoons that he did, all the way through, you know, uh, up until the the fall of John Lasseter, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then our other, our other entertainment was Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> nice. Who actually just sat right across the aisle from us at dinner. And got such a different respect for him, uh, watching him with his family and how gracious he was when people were coming up asking for autographs in the middle of a meal. And, and he was very nice. I don't think I would have been as nice as he was. <laughs> so that's that's cool. It sounds like the maiden voyages kind of in some ways similar to like some of the DVC cruises or some of the special really long cruises have sort of special presenters or special entertainment acts. Right. And things like the president of the DCL was on there. So they were having dinner across from us one night mm-hmm. in Apollo. He and a group of higher ups from mm-hmm. DCL. So you've got a lot of people mm-hmm. on there watching to make sure things mm-hmm. are going well. Yeah. When we went to the DVC presentation, it was done by Carl Holtz. Oh, cool. Now, is there some tip or trick to getting on one of these main voyages? And maybe we'll cut this part out of the show if we don't (laughs) reveal to our (laughs) listeners. Half kidding there. 
Well, you know, Connie's the one who who planned all that. Was there yeah, anything? I just that- got on there the first day and made my reservation. Now, were were you platinum at that point already, or I no. think we were for fancy. You'd have to look at the thing to see. I don't think we were for dream. Yeah, we were platinum for fantasy. Yeah, we but had not just for the turned dream. platinum. Uh, but it wasn't. It didn't seem like it was near as a big of a struggle to get those first yeah. or to get any special voyages yeah. didn't seem that big of a deal then as it is now. Yeah. Since you guys were on the dream class ships and the dream on its first sailing, like what struck you the most about the difference between the dream class and the, uh, the magic class of ships that you had sailed on previously? Was it, was it a big difference for you? Big difference. The size for one thing, it's just so much larger, so many more places in it, but then we're not big partiers. So they seem to have devoted a lot of that space to more of that atmosphere. That really didn't matter to us, I guess. But I was impressed by the technology. Yes. The shutters where you could go in and look at your pictures on the kiosk rather than have to go and, and pick your pictures out. The detective agency. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. going around and doing that was great. On-demand movies in your room that would just, you know, pick up where you left off so you didn't have to worry about, oh, okay, I'm going to have to miss this or miss that part of it. The technology seemed to be so much better. And it's been one of the things I've been surprised that they haven't kept up as much with that. Yeah, they did redo the magic and the wonder animator's palette to match the dream class ships. But at the time we were on them at first, they were the only ones that had, you know, the interactive crush. Yeah, that was just absolutely amazing to go in and and have the animator's palette on on the dream. And then we go on the, the longer cruise where you have crush come through. So is there anything else that stood out to you as being on, as the, on these maiden voyages that you took? I, I don't know if there's anything else sort of particularly special about the voyages. I'm curious, too, how long they were. How long were the maiden voyages for these ships? Were they short cruises or were they, you know, standard seven nights? They were weak. Well, the the dream was a three night, I think, three night or four night. Yeah, just just a regular cruise. Yeah, you're right. Four, That's four nights. Four nights. The fantasy was a seven night. And actually, when they came in, the previous cruise had been travel agents and media. So it's not like you're really the first people on there. Right. Yeah, it's the preview cruise and then the maiden voyage, right? Right. Yes. And, and I guess both of them, it was special because they had people lining the the docks with their Mickey hands waving and not just the ones at the terminal, but I mean, just all down through there and the, um, the special boats that were shooting out water and just really making a big deal of her the entrance of the ships out into the ocean. Yeah. So as you're going out the channel over on the right hand side were all these people, which are probably, you know, cast members and family. They had a big Boin Voyage sign up. They're all out waving with the same little Mickey hands like they've given us <laughs> that commemorate the maiden voyage. There was an airplane flying overhead, pulling a banner celebrating the inaugural voyage. So it was it was a big deal for a lot of people besides us to be on it. The other first that you guys did that I'm curious to talk about because we're going on this sailing, hopefully next September, um, is a Northern British Isles cruise. So you guys were on the inaugural sailing or the first sailing that Disney had to the Northern British Isles. Talk to us, talk to us about that. Was that out of Dover and where did it go? What was what was that like being on a not a new ship, but a new itinerary for Disney? At a lot of the stops, they would be right when we got in, there would be a ceremony uh, with the captain going out and they have some sort of an exchange of gifts that they'll do for the first time a ship calls on a port. 
and there would be all sorts of people going out. We had bands coming out and playing and dancers in Dublin out there dancing and characters in that. And then for the community, there would be all these people coming out to see the ship and the little girls dressed up in their princess costumes coming out to see. And then even in Liverpool, we had uh, fireworks put on by the city that whenever we pulled out away from the dock and then we waited while they did this fireworks display. Wow, that's pretty that's really cool. cool. Yeah, but they were they were uh, several of these ports were making a big deal. Well, some of the ports they'd been to on their Mediterranean, I believe, so they weren't the first time. But all the ones that they were their first time there, they really pulled out all the stops. I recall the characters all in their different outfits yes. for the different countries. That was really cute. Well, that's fun. You know, goofy in a kilt is kind of an interesting image. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, getting a visual on that. <laughs> <laughs> and we got our, our commemorative picture, the Ducky Williams picture he did for the inaugural cruise. Mm-hmm. The, the other question, so you, you guys have a pretty vast cruise experience. And we've got a rapid fire at the end where we're asking for some of your favorites. But I, apart from that, I kind of want to ask you just sort of looking across your cruise experience and the different itineraries you've done and the ships you've been on. Like, what are some of your favorite experiences aboard? Disney Cruise Line. What are some of the things that that really stand out in your memory that, that you've done with Disney that uh, that you've loved? Oh, Alaska, panning for gold with Chippendale. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> I don't particularly like to eat fish, but went to these several different things where they were getting fresh salmon and cooking over open flames. It was just absolutely wonderful. Being in nature was, you know, zip lining through the the forests, and it was just uh, amazing. Awesome. What about you, Mike? What are the some standout memories for you? (laughs) Well, one of my standout memories is just going down the hall and seeing the characters interacting with kids. And we're we're walking down right in midship. And here's Belle sitting down in a quarter reading a book to kids. And it just it just makes it all such a a special memory that it's so family oriented, contrasting that to some of the other cruises that we've been on, which, you know, you don't you don't feel that type of of warmth in there because they're not constantly trying to sell you something. They're not constantly, you know, saying, OK, you're going to buy this drink package or whatever. But you're getting a real whole family atmosphere in everything that's going on. And you really feel like everybody there is glad that you're there. You guys have a lot of experience on other cruise lines. I, I know they're each each cruise line is only one cruise, but that's still you have kind of a broad range of the other lines that you've been on. Which one would you say was maybe second to Disney? Because I, I know obviously none of them have, you know, met to your met your expectations and that's why you've always you keep returning to DCL, of course. But what if you, you know, if you couldn't sail on Disney, which one of the others or would you just not cruise, I guess is the other question. I think the one we had the best overall experience on was Princess. It did now, uh, amazingly enough, it happened to be a maiden voyage. I don't even know that we knew that that was when it when it, it happened to be a maiden voyage of a ship. But the the service was real good. Uh, the entertainment was real good. The the tea, the high tea every afternoon, which we used to love to have high tea in Paulos, but they don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So that sort of thing. They had good classes as well, like Disney mm-hmm. does. Mm. A lot of people seem to compare. Disney and Royal because they they tend to go for the same demographic. Yeah, no comparison for us. Yeah. We went down to 
do a Royal out of Galveston because we thought, you know, it's just, it's right there and it's all the time and, and let's do that. And, and just was not the same type of experience. No, uh, to begin with it, we're not smokers and the uh, casino smoke was just throughout the, the, the whole ship. big atrium that they've got. Uh, you wind up selling cigarette smoke all through that coming out of the casino. Oh, oh, cause the, I, I guess the casino is off the atrium then. It's yes. right below it. Oh so yeah. The stairs. Um, and so you couldn't go look at your photos because it was right next to the casino. Oh yeah. That would bother me too. Yeah. And there just weren't the classes. And the one class that I did want to go to, it had to pay for, which was, you know, really strange to me after being on Disney. And there's so many different things that you can go and do that on Royal, we were trying to figure out what to do on Disney. You're trying to figure out how can I fit all this in and what's going to get left out. And hopefully they'll offer it again later in the week. You know, Across your Disney experience, I'm curious, is there, is there anything that the Disney used to do that you wish they'd bring back? Yeah. High tea. Impalos, absolutely. Uh, and, and you just kind of miss some of the little things that they used to do, like um, the girls would take their pillowcases and I'd send fabric markers and, you know, the princesses would sign their pillowcase or you could request a specific character to sign your pillowcase and they would deliver it back to your room. Things that were just really special to them that they still have. <laughs> what, what about you, Michael? Anything that they used to do or that you used to get on the ships that you're, you miss that they don't do any longer? No, they've added so many things. I, I think the only thing that I missed was being able to do some of the tours, you know, the bridge tour and the kitchen tour kitchen tours, yeah. uh, that they don't seem to do anymore. And, and what about, you know, is there anything new? Not that they used to do that you want them to bring back, but anything that you're really hoping to see maybe on the new ships or, you know, all of the ships are just in dry dock and undergoing retrofit. Although I, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm suspecting there was a lot of what uh, Disney would label value engineering going on at this point in time around new things aboard the, the ships, given the situation, but anything that you're hoping to see them put on these ships that, that they haven't done yet? Yeah, I would love to see them use the magic band technology for the ships instead of having to carry around that card. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. 100%. What about you, Michael? Hot tubs. <laughs> Just more of it's them? It's true. The, the, the Dream Class ships, hot tubs. That, are, that was one of the most disappointing things was to get on the Dream Class and only having the one hot tub in the adult area. Well, now there's two. Well, no, there's still just one in the adult area. Right. And so the Magic Class has, has two and the Dream Class only has one hot tub. I agree with you, Michael, to the extent that like the whole pool deck needs a revamp. <laughs> when, it, when the wish comes out, I need to see something different. If it's just the, if it's just the fantasy running on with natural gas, I think Disney's missed a huge opportunity. And I would suspect they're not going to miss the opportunity this time around. But that that pool deck needs a revamp, I think so. Well, I, I think they managed to do things to make part of every ship unique so that you want to go and experience something different. So I expect that we'll see some of that to where there'll be one restaurant that'll be unique and there'll be a show that will be unique to that ship. So you've got to go around and visit each one to get the entire experience. You know, I really like Satellite Falls, but I think they could do a little bit more with it. It's a nice, quiet place, but I think you could offer a little bit more. If you put a hot tub up there, it would be the perfect place for me. Ooh, I like that idea. Yeah, especially because that area gets a little bit chilly with the, with the wind, but yeah. Yeah, yeah what, sometimes. <laughs> what about you, Connie? You know, I just hope they do keep the miniature golf. My grandkids love that. And maybe make the aqueduct a little bit different. Extend it out. I mean, it's going to be a larger ship and you could extend that side 
um, but I, I would say they love that, but I love it too. I have to admit. <laughs> <laughs> we love it too. I think one of the best things to do is like on your, on like a port, you're not interested in going to, you, you know, spend some time on the pool deck and, and get on the, the aqueduct a couple of times, or even on a castaway key day, come back a little early and get a couple of rides on the aqueduct. We've done that. And, and generally, I mean, we've been to Nassau several times, so we don't even bother to get off the ship there anymore. Yep. Like everyone we talk to, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we just enjoy the ship, enjoy having sit down lunch, you know, like just, yeah, we really enjoy the ship on days like that, places we've been before. So I guess uh, so we mentioned this earlier. So you guys are going to try to get on the inaugural sailing of the Wish. It sounds like is that on uh, is that on the radar for you? And you know, what's your strategy? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, and being platinum, we should be able to book earlier. So yeah, definitely. Now, do you guys book directly, or do you guys use travel agent? We've done both. For our last couple, we have used a travel agent, and there have been some benefits in that. They've been able to to manage to finagle us to get to early seating when we weren't already on early seating for dinner, and it's been real good. The first time we used a travel agent, at, at that time, the travel agent even had to book your shore excursions, and so it was just very cumbersome, and we didn't do that for them quite some time. It was, it was real convenient in this last time when everything was coming up, and I just emailed him saying, okay, here's the area that type of room that we want. Here's the cruise that we want. And, you know, he yells me back and says, okay, I've got you this cabin. All right, great. Well, aside from the inaugural cruise on the wish, what's next for you guys? What, what sailing is booked that we're going to keep our fingers crossed will actually happen for you? Hawaii. Oh, the May 2021. Yes. Nice. Have you sailed to Hawaii before? No. That was 2022. It's twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, it's twenty twenty two. Oh, twenty twenty two. Okay, and yeah, you said- so we'll go. We'll go out to Alani and then come back. Oh, nice. Okay, so you'll do an Alani stay first. But then, but then what we're looking at is that when it comes back to Vancouver, then it does the first Alaska cruise. So yeah, and we've done back to bats before. We really like it. So maybe we'll just stay on and yeah, do our, Alaska our, again. Our daughter do- said that's on her list is to do uh, to do that. So it's like okay, well. Then we may just have to stay there and and do an Alaska cruise. Nice. The only drawback I would say is you got to pack a lot more because you got two different kinds of weather. But yeah, it is it is real different. Yes. Yes, because normally we don't pack that much because we just do laundry halfway through. Yeah, us too. That's yeah. what we do. But yeah, but two different climates. Yeah, you probably you have to pack more for sure. No, the other thing on our wish list is to do a westbound transatlantic. <laughs> Because we've done the eastbound and I want those hours back. (laughs) (laughs) I say, and then my other wish list is we did the Rhine River Cruise. We did the maiden voyage on the Adventures by Disney Rhine River Cruise. It was DVC only. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to do the Danube. Nice. Yeah. We actually have the uh, Christmas markets river cruise for ABD booked for 2021. And we're excited. That'll be our first ABD uh, experience. We're we're excited to delve into that part of the the Disney family of of vacations. Well, let me tell you, you think you get spoiled on a Disney cruise? Yeah, <laughs> no, we're in for it, you right? You are absolutely spoiled by the adventures by Disney people. And there were only 120 people on the ship. It's so much more intimate. Yeah. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. I think it'll be an amazing experience. And I think that maybe why I like the smaller ships is not only are they easier to get around, it's just a little more intimate. There's not so many people 
All right. One last question before we head into rapid fire. So I think you guys have sailed now adults only. You've sailed with your kids and you've sailed with your grandkids. Which is your favorite? <laughs> Don't we, we tell your family not to listen to the episode. Spoiler alert for their family. Skip ahead well, 15 well, seconds. I, I think it, my, my favorite would be to go with my grandkids without their parents. <laughs> we knew it all along. <laughs> what about you, Connie? Um, I, I would say with the, the, the family, but then there's some that I don't think they would have enjoyed the British Isles the way we did because the day he spent in Liverpool, he was in hog heaven. He, he was a huge Beatles kid. I was not, my, my day was Kirkwall and we had such a wonderful guide who was um, a historian and the other lady that was a musician and they performed for us at this little farm. And I mean, I was just eating up my time in Scotland. Yeah, but I got to walk down Penny Lane. Yeah, we're excited to do that. So we've got, we've booked, the shore excursion that we're planning on booking is is the Beatles tour as well um, of Liverpool. So I'm I'm really excited about that. But yeah, I I think that makes sense. I think there, you know, if you're doing a Caribbean cruise, that's the perfect kind of family cruise or even a Baja cruise from the West Coast. Those are perfect family cruises. But these sort of more unique itineraries like the European ones, the Med or the Norway or the, you know, UK, that those seem to be maybe some better choices for when you're not going with the grandkids. So Right, because you're doing something every day, and we like to have downtime with the grandkids. So when we have a day or two days at sea back to back with them, it's wonderful. Well, and kids enjoy the beach more than they like museums. Let's be fair. <laughs> I like the beach more than I like museums. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, we're going to shift over to the rapid fire round, which is Sam's favorite round. So I'm going to throw it over to her. So Mike and Connie, the only rule of rapid fire is there are no rules of rapid fire. So <laughs> what I'm going to ask you is what your personal favorites are. And Mike, when you answer, don't give Connie's favorite, give your favorite. And same to you, Connie, when you give your favorite, don't give Mike's favorite or your I kids. Wait for her to tell me what my favorite is. <laughs> well, you know, happy wife, happy life. But no, you each have your, your individual favorites, not your kid's favorite, not your grandkid's favorite. Yeah, yours. Okay. So I will ask each of you the same question. So the first the first set of questions are, you know, just general Disney favorites. Then I'm going to ask you a little bit about parks and then we're going to focus on the on the cruise. So what is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? Mike, we're going to start with you. Uh, Sorcerer Mickey. Ah, I love it. What about you, Connie? That's a toss up between Belle and Minnie Mouse. All right. Well, you're allowed to have two because there's no rules. All right. Your favorite Disney or Pixar movie. Connie, we'll start with you. You want an easier question? Yeah, I think the original Toy Story. Oh, me too. I love that one. What about you, Mike? I think Disney is going to be Peter Pan. Oh. But for Pixar, I really like The Incredibles. Oh, yeah. Now, when you're saying Peter Pan, are you talking animated Peter Pan? Are you? Yes. Think, okay, not not the old school, uh, what was it, Mary Martin as Peter Pan. That one was wonderful. Okay, favorite Disney park. And what I mean by park, I don't mean compare Disney World versus Disneyland. I mean, do you like Epcot? Do you like Hollywood Studios, Magic Kingdom, California Adventure? What's your favorite individual Disney park? These could be even ones in Paris. We'll start with Mike. Well, if you said I had one park to go to for one day, yep. it would be California Adventure. 
Me too. If I had one park to go to day after day, it would be Epcot. Ooh. Oh, that's an interesting. I like the way you think about it. Yeah. There's different ways of thinking about what your favorite is. What about you, Connie? Hollywood Studios. Oh, now are you a, are you a big um, Star Wars fan or what is it about Hollywood Studios? No, I could just sit on the the streets and watch all the characters. Oh, yes. I love the, all the performers, the street performers. Those are amazing. I, I love to be in the shop and in come the street performers and they're carrying on with the I just just get a kick out of watching all that. Yeah. If we ever get to have it again. Right? Yeah. I, oh, I, I don't want to be involved in it. I want to see other people. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. Your favorite Disney ride or attraction. So, Honey, we'll start with you. And this could be in any park. Anywhere around the world. Buzz Lightyear. I'm very competitive. Ooh. <laughs> All right, Mike, what about you? Oh, well, Rise. Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, nice. it's so good. Okay, now we're going to move to our cruise line questions. What is your favorite rotational dining restaurant? Animators. Animators, yeah. On the, on the, on the Dream Class. Okay, good qualification. Yes, animators on Dream Class. Okay. Favorite adult dining experience. And now what I'm asking you is not Paulo versus Remy, but what specific meal at either of those is your absolute favorite? So we'll start with Connie. Which one's your favorite? Oh, the Paulo brunch. What about you, Mike? Yeah, Paulo brunch. Okay. You both got the question right. So (laughs) I joke there aren't right answers, but that question actually has a right answer. And the right answer is always Paulo brunch. Okay, your favorite onboard show. Connie, let's start with you on this one. Well, like I said, it was Hercules. And I I, I think it's, it, we've seen them several times right now, Aladdin. But it's really fun to be at the Golden Mickeys and watch the kids coming in on the red carpet. Oh, yeah. I love that part of that as well. That's a great. What about you, Mike? And I, and I could skip the Golden Mickeys every time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I don't get it. So I, I don't know. I, I don't have a particular. Dreams. No, I don't. I don't. I don't go with the dreams. I'm, I'm kind of looking for something new on the because after you know you get to the point to where you've seen it a couple of times and there's not any one that I would say I would have to go back with Hercules musical. It would be like I would have to go back and see it this time because I know it's going to be a little different next time. Hades would have new jokes, yeah. right? But now it's like no, there's there's nothing in particular. I love I love going with my grandkids to see the show and then see and see their faces. Them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Your favorite itinerary. If I were going to do itinerary over again, it would be the British Isles because there was so much that we didn't get to do. What about you, Connie? I I think that's true. There were so many choices we had to make and and they were difficult choices. Okay. Favorite port. Connie, let's start with you there. So far it's been Kirkwall, I guess. Oh, wow. Liverpool. Yeah. So this is really, this really goes to show you this. It sounds like the British Isle cruise is. Yeah, making me excited for our British Isles cruise. (laughs) I hope I don't have to kick it out another year. (laughs) You will enjoy it so much. Oh, good. Okay, your favorite onboard food. Now, this can be anything from main dining to a specific dish in Paolo or Remy or something on the. To the free soft serve ice cream. Right, to the free, exactly, to to ice cream or a Mickey bar. So, Connie, let's start with you. Favorite onboard food. Baked potato cheese soup. Uh, 
Uh, it's one of the few things I can have. And um, it's anytime that it's on the animators, they, they will get it for you. If it's on, if you're not your own restaurant that night, since they share a kitchen, they'll get that for you. And I've had them bring me two. I had one time that they brought me out three. That was my appetizer, dessert, and, and entree. And I've also had them um, make it when it wasn't even on the menu. Oh, They've awesome. made it for me. Awesome. What about you, Mike? Favorite onboard food? Uh, lamb. Oh, I don't think we've had the lamb or I don't think I've had the lamb. I've had the lamb. It's pretty good. Yeah. 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 I started to diet a few years ago where I don't eat beef. I very seldom eat beef, but I'll eat lamb occasionally. And, and so it's always a treat to get something different. Yeah. Well, if there's a, if there's a beef experience on board to, to have, if you're only going to eat it rarely, the uh, Wagyu Miziaki beef combination oh, at Remy. That is- Yes, it's wonderful. Yeah, I've, I've had a bite of that when Connie's gotten it. Oh. The little bit that she would share with me. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would share. I feel well, like I mean they charge you by the ounce, so I can I can appreciate that she wanted to give you as small a bite as possible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one question, I, I I changed the order around on this, but what what is your each of your favorite ship of the four ships? But what is your favorite ship, Connie? Fantasy. What about you, Mike? Yeah, fantasy. <laughs> yeah. and, and part of that, I think, is because it's it's seven night, right? That you're going to be on a longer cruise. Although we have done a three night on the Fantasy, and that was real unusual. That's our favorite ship too. The only thing I like better about the Dream is the ice cream shop, Vanilla Bees versus Sweet on You. Just I like just the theme. I just like the theming of it, and so. But everything else, I would choose the Fantasy. I bet that three night came after the eleven night Southern Caribbean because that was the that's the cruise that gets them back onto the seven day rotations. Uh, it was actually a just come out of a dry dock oh, okay. yeah. and, it, and it was getting out early. We already had a trip planned to Disney World and then they dropped this three night on the fantasy. So uh, this was a trip trip with our uh, our youngest daughter and our grandchildren. So I asked her, you want to go on the fantasy and take off in the days of our Disney World trip? And that's what we did. Oh, nice. All right. Now, my last question of Rapid Fire is bucket list cruise. Now, this is a cruise you have not been on. It may even be a place that Disney doesn't sail. Where would you, if you could cruise anywhere in the world on Disney Cruise Line, where would that be? Mike, let's start with you. Baltic. Oh, yeah. What about you, Connie? I think Baltic would be great for ones that they already have, but I think Dream would be um, Australia. That's my. That's one of my bucket lists as well. And I hope someday when they have seven or maybe 10 or 15 ships that they'll sail to Australia. I think it'll be a while before they do it. I just want a ship based on the West Coast. That's all I want. One permanently based on the West Coast. Well, Mike and Connie, it has been so much fun talking to you about, I mean, the multiple maiden voyages you have taken, even maiden voyages on other cruise lines. It's just been great talking to you about your experience across Disney Cruise Line this evening. Really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. with the maiden voyage of the wish on the horizon fingers crossed it was really great to catch up with mike and connie about their experience with maiden voyages multiple maiden voyages in fact which was just a lot of fun to hear about makes us really excited for what's to come with the wish i know sam and i are really trying hard to get on that maiden voyage of the wish so it doesn't sound like there's a good strategy there other than being platinum and having a little bit of luck Uh, and so we're going to try to leverage both of those strategies hopefully in our favor but we will see with that i hope you really enjoyed this 
this episode this week. We do want to thank each and every one of our listeners out there. We really appreciate you listening to the show each and every week. If you have not yet already, please subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also leave us a five-star review over at Apple Podcasts. And if you can drop us a written review, it's really helpful in surfacing our podcast to people who might be looking for a Disney Cruise Line podcast in their collection. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. We've had quite a few of you do that and we love hearing from you. We love figuring out how we can get you in on a show. So reach out. We love hearing from our listeners. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content or you can join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group. Go over there and hit join. We will approve you into the group and you can join a conversation with some like-minded DCL cruisers and DCL Duo fans. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Walt Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Bye.